Even in the winter, there's nothing quite like Paris. There's a different feeling in the wintertime in Paris. The night falls more quickly, which makes, in my opinion, Paris more romantic. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we learn how to best enjoy the City of Light in the winter, when the temperature drops and the tourist crowds thin out, but the timeless magic remains. And around the world, people are ushering in the new year with resolutions, rituals, and some great parties. Total strangers can turn up at your door, and everyone's welcome. We're checking in in the hour ahead with friends from around the world to hear how they're greeting the new year, from Reykjavik to Rio. They purify themselves for the new year and then go right back on the beach and samba all night. While in Turkey, the street parties come with a special bonus. You get free ride by the police on New Year's Eve. I think it's going to be a good year wherever you call home. So stick around for the party. It's Travel with Rick Steves. The coolest New Year's party in town might just be on your radio for the hour ahead. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we're having an international New Year's celebration with friends from around the world. And we're finding out how they're ringing in the New Year. You might discover some fun traditions or even superstitions that you'll want to adopt for your own holiday observances. First, let's take a detour to Paris for insider tips on how to really enjoy the city during the winter months. Compared to summer, the tour buses are few, the romantic nights are long, and sporting a stylish scarf is just one of the ways you'll get to blend in. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK, and you can post your travel tips about wintertime Paris or about New Year's around the world in our radio message board at ricksteves.com. I'm joined by two Parisians, Arno Savigny and Kristen Michel. We're going to talk about Paris in the winter. Arno's lived there all his life. Kristen has um, lived in Paris for four winters. Yes. Met a fine young Frenchman, and now you're a local. Uh, kind of. Kind <laughs> of. Oh, you're she has on become it. more Parisian than I am, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Paris in the winter, uh, Arnaud. It's cold, humid, yeah. damp, windy, isn't it? <laughs> it's very, very cold, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a penetrating cold. It's a penetrating cold. Yes. And travelers have to remember it. Just because it's 44 degrees, I think that's the average temperature in December, uh, you're out for hours at a stretch, so you want to dress almost like you're skiing. Very warm. Layers, yes. layers, layers, yes. layers. And That's be ready for being warm in the metro, so right. to yeah, pop so it up. You know, take so. it off, put it on, take it off, put Scarves, it on. Scarves, hats, yes. gloves are necessary. And mm-hmm. you're out there enjoying the streets, as you should as a traveler, mm-hmm. and you've, you've got a wonderful refuge anytime you want. Cafe. In the cafe. For the price of a little cup of coffee, you've yep. got yourself not only a warm break, a nice drink, and a very convivial scene, especially in yes. the winter, perhaps. Absolutely, with all the lights and everything outside, it's just beautiful, yes. Mm. Everything is illuminated. There's a different feeling in the wintertime in Paris. The days are a bit shorter, so the night falls more quickly, which makes, in my opinion, Paris more romantic in the yeah. winter. And that's a plus, I think. I, I like so. I like Paris after dark. Absolutely, me too. And you get more Paris after dark in the you winter. You actually really see Paris by night more often. And you've got lights, and you've got no leaves on the trees, and no the beautiful leaves. architecture is So you is can there. see the buildings better, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the lights are everywhere. You, you know, know, the French are really into their floodlighting, aren't they? Yeah, they mm-hmm. do a very good job of it. They spend an incredible amount of money a illuminating of, Paris. A lot of, oh, it's amazing. It's a beautiful time. I think the lights even changed at different times in the year and so on. They just It's an art form, how to show off your beautiful mm-hmm. architecture yes. with the help of lights. Absolutely. Let's talk specifically... November, if somebody's planning. I know they've got the, the Beaujolais Nouveau. Mm-hmm. Ah, Beaujolais. Yes, the Beaujolais. Tell me I, about that. Well, it's... Uh, I know, maybe, Christian, you like it better than I do. Uh, for me, I, I don't consider Beaujolais Nouveau as a real wine. Or, what, what is it? What is I, don't it think, I don't think many people consider Beaujolais. Yes, it's, it's, not, just it's definitely not the, the best wine that France produces, but they have decided to embrace the fact that it is a young, simple, fruity wine, and they have made a holiday out of it. So Beaujolais mm. Nouveau, it means the new Beaujolais wine. Coming out. It's just been produced, so the grapes were picked in September. The wine was made in October, and in November it's put in the bottles. Um, and on the third Wednesday, I believe it is, yes, of the month at 12.01 a.m., by law, so I guess it's the Thursday release. Oh, yeah, right. It's all set up by law, yeah. Right? You are allowed to cork 
the bottles of Beaujolais. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it before. And so the cafes and restaurants are full of decoration and bottles, and everyone takes off Thursday from work, and they go to the cafes, and they drink this new, young, fruity wine. So the cafes are staying open. Uh, The Wednesday night is sort of a party, and at midnight, with great fanfare, they pop this young, simple... Not great wine, but it's a it's a celebration of the new wine. Absolutely, just another opportunity to go out and drink wine. Absolutely, but it is an excuse oh. for a party. <laughs> yeah, Beaujolais Nouveau, the third Wednesday at midnight. So actually, the third Thursday, the wee hours in November. You can enjoy that. This is travel with Rick Steves. We're celebrating winter in Paris with Arnaud Savignat and Kristen Michel. Our phone number is eight seven seven three 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 Rick. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Abby's on the line from Tallahassee, Florida. Abby, thanks for your call. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, Are there places that I can go ice skating in Paris? Yes, of course. Oh, absolutely. That's a great point. Right in front of the Hotel de Ville. It's a very central. Every year, you know, they set up uh, an ice skating ring, igloo sometimes as well for, uh, you know, changing your shoes. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a lovely thing to do. It's actually yes. technically free as well. Mm-hmm. It's something that it the city free. of Paris offers to mm-hmm. not only Parisians but also visitors. You only have to pay to rent your skates. That's it. So if you bring your skates from home, you can it's skate free. For I free. guess technically if you mm-hmm. wanted to All put right. them in your yeah. so, no, so now this is, uh, well, I'm saying for a Parisian to do that. <laughs> but uh, you got in front of the Hotel de Ville, the city hall. Right yes. in front and of it. You'll see that in your sightseeing. Yes. It's very close to the Ile de la Cité. On mm-hmm. the way to Notre Dame, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's a wonderful scene if you're going to ice skate or not. And if you don't ice skate, you can always uh, do a little uh, merry-go-round on the corner. That's free, too. The Carousel de Noël? Yes. Well, they are there for the whole year. Uh But then for Christmas, the mayor is uh, subsidizing Mm. it. That's how you say this? Your mayor is subsidizing it. So it's free for the children to do the the merry-go-round. The mayor pays for the merry-go-round for the children at Christmas. Yes, we have a good mayor. Vive la France. (laughs) It will be a saint. (laughs) Now, there's also an ice skating rink halfway up the Eiffel Tower. Uh, yes, oh yes, yes, on the first floor, you're yeah, right. It's quite small. It's a smaller one, but it's it's really nice. So now, Abby, are you heading off to Paris? I don't have anything planned, if you but go I'd in, like to. <laughs> if, you, if you go in the winter, you might want to check out that ice skating. Thanks for your call. Yes, thank you for having me. You bet. I love Paris in the winter when it drizzles. I love Paris. I'm speaking with Arnaud Savignat and Kristen Michel. We're talking about winter in Paris. So November, December, January, February, let's just talk winter food. What sort mm. of festive and, and uh, My cheery... My favorite topic. You mean Christmas food? No, not Christmas food, oh, just, just winter, winter food, food, whatever. Well, what, what would be good, Kristen, in the, mm. special in the winter? Well, first of all, what you're going to see in all the cafes, once it starts to get cold, is they will have large cast iron pots of vin chaud vin on the chaud, counter. Yes. Hot wine. Hot wine, or mulled wine, as we mm. would call it. Spiced. Mm. Spiced red wine with cinnamon and cloves and orange. It's delicious. Now, I've had... Um, French onion soup in the summer, and my Parisian friends kind of go, what are you doing? Oh, yes, come on. I mean, the on- but, oh, yeah. but in the winter? Well, you can eat the onion soup all year round, really. It's a very traditional dish. It's, you know, um, onion. It's very liquidish mm. with cheese in it. You like it, Kristen? I do. I personally don't like it, but, but it's never more, mind. It's very liquidish. <laughs> you, you said it's liquid. I'm the French one here like who doesn't word. like it. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, more, it's more appropriate in the winter, I would imagine. Uh, yes. I mean, soup, you know, is something we really eat at home most of the time mm. in the winter because it's, okay. it's warm. And, and it's, you see a lot of oysters out in the Oh, winter. absolutely. Seafood it's all the over the season. place. It is. They're oysters for, me, for New Year's, for example, the typical meal on New Year's Eve is oysters and champagne. Raw uh, oysters? It's raw true. oysters, yes. champagne, uh, perhaps yes. some foie gras as well. Alors foie gras. For, for me, it would be on Christmas because uh, New Year's Eve is more like a friend party and we just party all night with catering and champagne. N- nothing else but champagne is allowed, mm. though. That's true. You know, I'm interested that people are really crazy about the quality hot chocolate, which is very good as a oh, little break in yes. the winter. Mm, yes, good people, to la durée for that. You know, that. you hear people, ah, oh, the chocolate. Yes. And I, to be honest, have a hard time realizing how chocolate can be so good, but oh, what is the yummy. advice for the best hot chocolate in the winter? Oh, there's many, many places, but my best for me, as far as I'm concerned, is la durée. The fancy cafe on the Champs Elysees. It's uh, you have three of them in Paris. Oh, yeah. uh, mm. One close to La Madeleine, one in the Champs Elysees, one in the uh, Saint Germain area, and that's the shop which makes the uh, best uh, macaron. You know the so, macaron. La durée. And la durée. Two words. L A L A D U R W E. Is that one word or two words? La durée. Yes. One word. Yes. And uh, the macaroons. Oh. They sell twenty thousand of them every day. And you buy half of them. 
No. <laughs> Look how skinny I am. <laughs> Kristen, what are your thoughts on these beautiful uh, delicacies? On the macaroons? Well, first of all, macaron has absolutely nothing to do with what an American would call a macaroon. Mm, that's true. Because to an American, it means coconut. Mm. And it's definitely not that in France. Um, they can be flavored with all different kinds of chocolate, coffee, fruit flavors. Ginger. It's, yes, it's two lime. pieces of meringue with a bit of flavored cream on the inside. They're That's lovely. a nice thing any time of year. But uh, you drop by and, and then, as uh, Arnaud was talking about, the hot chocolate at La Durée. Where do you go for your best hot chocolate? Well, there's one place that's very famous for us. It's called Angelina's. Angelina's. And it's on the Rue de Rivoli, right across from the Tuileries Gardens. And they're famous for it because it's à l'ancienne, which means it's served. It's an actual pot of melted chocolate served with a pot of steamed milk on the side and a what I would call a small vat of whipped cream as well. Sounds very and low so you, calorie. Very it thick. It is. It's light. It's, <laughs> a, it's a nice light snack. Yeah, but you mix your own chocolate together and you sweeten it as you wish. As what well. is the name of that light? Angelina's. Angel- no, Angelina. No, the, the, the style of Angelina. It means old fashioned. Old fashioned. Ancient style. Yes. Hot chocolate. Ancient. Now, Kristen, you've lived in Paris for four years and it's it, it feels like it's your hometown. It sounds like it's your playground. I think it's become that. It has. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Kristen Michel, Arnaud Savignon. We're in Paris in the winter. Kristen, take me to one spot that you want to take me to really celebrate Paris in the winter. Oh, you know, I'll just walk you down three blocks away from my apartment, down to the metro corner, where there's a gentleman grilling chestnuts over a a large tin can, and the smell is in the air. I look down the street, which is a market street, and there are Christmas lights above our heads. So sparkling lights, uh, the smell of chestnuts, it's winter. Immersed in Paris. Or no. Give me a, a winter image of Paris that you like. Oh, the snow. Snow. We had so much snow these last two years. Oh, it's true, yes. And uh, the, uh, the snow in Paris, which is quite rare. Last winter we had lots of snow. Three times, actually. It was um, quite amazing. And um, I would take you to the Luxembourg Garden in the middle of the day, in the week, where everybody's working. Nobody goes there because it's too cold and it's just all white and there's nobody there and you feel so, you know, uh, peaceful in a little town. A Parisian winter wonderland. Yes. Mm-hmm. In That's snow. where Ernest Hemingway, you know, used to go to uh, the Luxembourg Garden. Loved it. That's where he found his inspiration. You mm-hmm. could be a modern-day Hemingway in mm-hmm. Luxembourg Gardens, blanketed in snow, inspired to mm-hmm. appreciate the city of light. City of lights. The city of lights. Yeah, yeah it is. Christine Michel, Arnaud Savignon. Merci bien. Merci beaucoup. Merci à bientôt. Next, we're having a homegrown Christmas party with friends from Sicily, Turkey, Hungary, and Holland, among others. Let's start with a quick check-in with the New York Times frugal traveler, Seth Kugel, on the festivities in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Seth, you celebrate the New Year's in Rio de Janeiro. What's it like? Rio de Janeiro, people descend upon this city from all over Brazil and all over the world. It's very important that you dress in white completely and head out to Copacabana Beach, for fireworks and concerts, and most important, to uh, head out into the waves and celebrate the new new year. You got there's a whole bunch of traditions. You got to you got to jump over a certain number of waves. You got to light candles. Uh, it's a huge, huge party. There's usually like a million people out there. Tell me about the food. Well, you know, it's great to be spending the holiday season in a in a place where it's hot. But the one thing I can't stand is the quantity of codfish of bacalhau, the salted codfish that the Portuguese have thrust upon the Brazilians. I I really don't like it. I just nibble at it as much as I can to be polite, and then uh, you know, wish I was I was home for some roast turkey. Uh-huh. So, can you give me a toast in Portuguese? <laughs> well, people say uh, Feliz Ano Novo, which is Happy New Year. Seth's Frugal Traveler blog is in the travel section at nytimes.com. Hey, the party's just warming up. It's Travel with Rick Steves.
Our party to celebrate the new year has a definite global vibe. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we're checking with friends from many countries to hear how they celebrate the changing of the year. Fred Plotkin may be a man about town in Manhattan, but he spent some memorable New Year's abroad. He's the author of Opera 101 and Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. And Fred's one of our favorite travelers who knows how to enjoy the best of what a country has to offer. A lot of us travelers have enjoyed New Year's overseas. And, uh, you know, it can be a bit of a challenge. Sometimes you're all alone in a culture and a lot of people are partying and you wonder, where do I go? What do I do? We're talking with lots of great travelers now. And Fred Plotkin's had some fun experiences overseas. Fred, tell us about some of your New Year's Eve memories. Well, Bologna, Italy is terrific for New Year's because they're very welcoming. So you will always find someone to take you in for a meal, which will always be cotechino. It's a pork sausage and lentils because lentils represent coins and money in the new year. But be careful in Bologna because at the stroke of midnight, they throw furniture out the window. It's a way of purging yourself of something from the old year and starting for the new. So be indoors. Wow, that's a good practical tip there. You could, uh, in France, they say guard de l'eau, and they're going to say guard the (laughs) the sofa. (laughs) Okay, where else have you been on New Year's? I love Rio at New Year's because, for one thing, it's warm. And they all dress in white, and they go down to the water, and Condomble is a local religion there, and they all walk into the water in their white garments at midnight in a sort of tribal, basing back to Africa, purification ceremony. So they purify themselves for the new year and then go right back on the beach in Samba all night. And finally, Reykjavik. Reykjavik, where indeed it's cold and completely dark, they set off fireworks, but different from most places, you pay for the fireworks, and the fireworks money then goes to support what would be the Red Cross of Iceland, not on land, but sea rescue. It's an island. So the way the Icelanders prepare for the coming year is by funding the needs of sea people, of fishermen and so on, who give life and and sustenance to the island. But you don't eat fish that night. You eat dried lamb. Icelandic lamb is some of the best in the world. Fred Plotkin, (laughs) author of Italy for the Gourmet Traveler and author of Opera 101. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all of you. There's more with Fred Plotkin, including links to his travel and opera blogs at fredplotkin.com. Right now, let's visit with friends who've come to us all the way from Sicily. Alfio Di Maro and Tommaso Ponte are here to tell us how to welcome in the new year with the gusto and traditions of Sicily. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thank you. If we're in Sicily, what do we do on New Year's Eve? You know, what do we do is we have a way to say Natale con i tuoi, Capodanno con chi vuoi. That means you are going to spend the Christmas with your family and then New Year's Eve with your friends. Say so, that again. That's inter- So Christmas with your family, New Year's Eve with your friends. Exactly. In so Italiano. Natale con i tuoi, Capodanno con chi vuoi. Tommaso, is that the same for you? Yes, it's exactly the same. New Year's Eve is a very special moment for us to have big meals, big dinner especially. What's a typical dinner for New Year's? Typical dinner is fish. We eat a lot of uh, fish, uh, so codfish above all. Even in Sicily, we don't produce any codfish because we import it from Norway, especially in the area where I live. This is a big, uh, very important meal. But also we prepare smoked salmon, shrimps, mussels, and so on. So all the family, you know, they gather all together. Usually we have extended family, 25 to 35 a person. And uh, we spend the night all together. Okay, so you've got a big family. Alfio, you said it's time for friends rather than family. Uh, yes, yes. It is a time for friends because you usually organize a big party with all of your friends. It's a big social time. Yes, it yes. is. The, re- the religion was on Christmas. Now let's party. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly. part. We have to celebrate now. Okay. <laughs> now, what about the drinking? Is there a lot of drinking? Wine. 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 Yeah. Sicilian wine, of course, because we have a big production of wine. So our red Sicilian wine, Nero d'Avola, Rosso dell'Etna, Cerasolo di Vittoria, delicious wine, or white wine. In this case, with fish, of course, you drink, you prefer white wine. This okay. is important for us to associate the right wine for the right food. Huh? So You always match the wine with, with the food. Okay, it's 10 minutes to midnight. 
We're in Sicily. What's going through your mind? What's happening next? Uh... Okay, we eat first of all grapes. Huh? So you're still eating. It's ten <laughs> yes. minutes in the minute. Yes, even says, that means we prepare a big, you know, uh, grapes and lentils because this is the symbol of money. So if you eat the first, and uh, for those people who want to travel, the first thing that they have to touch is a baggage, a, a trolley. Really? So if you, this is the time to start the new year correctly. If you want to travel, you'll you'll hang under your suitcase. Yes, this is. If the you first want thing. money, you the lentils. What is lentils that? and yeah. grapes? Grapes is for money. So yes. be, if you see a, a guy who wants more money, he's holding grapes. Yes. If it's you need more it. money and you want to travel, you got your suitcase and your grapes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. want better love, what do you do? Well, usually, you know what you do? Uh, that is something very traditional, but, you know, it, it is something that we always do and we all do. We wear red underwear. It's kind of a yes. good luck. Really? Yes. Yes, a red you underwear, especially red for underwear. the women. Women wear red underwear. Very, uh, yeah. What kind of luck? You know, it's kind of good, <laughs> <laughs> good luck for good the, good luck. the new year. So yes. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. My underwear are red. <laughs> How, say that in Italian to me. Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande sono rosse. Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande. Everything is red. <laughs> Can you wear underwear all year long that's red for better luck or only on New Year's no, Eve? No, only in New Year's Eve. Yeah. Because you have if a special you... pair of underwear that you wear yeah, only you, on New Year's Eve? You buy <laughs> a new one every year. Really? Yes. You go to a market on, uh, in, in, in December, you'll find red underwear. You go to yeah. market, you negotiate the price for two euros, yeah. something like and that. Some and of them are with a really nice decoration in the front. Yeah, what kind of decoration? Oh, well, <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, is there a countdown? Do you turn the TV on and watch something in Rome, or do you run under your balcony and make noise? Yes, or what you, you do that. Fireworks, you know, this kind of things, yeah. And then the next day, what's the tradition on the first day of the year? That, everything is that. All the people, you know, they are in bed, until well, one o'clock or yeah, so. Yeah, usually there is a kind of a <laughs> branch late during the day, you know, after... A late branch. Yeah, late branch. And then there is yeah. usually... Uh, For the survivors, actually. A dinner, a dinner on the first of the year just to try to eat all of the left leftover. Leftovers, yeah. yeah. And you change your underwear. Yes, of course of, you do. You must. Otherwise, you know, it's a bad luck in that case. Yes. With the red, luck. you know, underwear <laughs> in the first of... You, you know, know, it is also interesting because uh, Tommaso was saying that he spends the New Year's Eve with his family. And this is something common. Sometimes you stay with your family until midnight and then you go no. and... Have a party uh, yes. after then that. Then you go and you find the people more of your age and yes, have your raise yes. crazy time. Yes, I've done that many times. In your best Sicilian, can you please wish me a happy new year? Ti faccio i miei auguri per l'anno nuovo. Buon anno. Tanta felicità. Tanta felicità e tanta ricchezza e buon anno. And what did that mean, Tommaso? Have a, new, uh, a great new year, happiness and richness. <laughs> All right. Mille grazie and uh, happy new year to you also. Grazie. grazie. It's a lot colder in Budapest than in the Mediterranean, but a strong local red wine and hearty food are always on hand to warm up a New Year's party Hungarian style. From Hungary, Itelka, Parine, Baretz, and Lavantinage join us now to spice up our international New Year's party on Travel with Rick Steves. What goes on in Budapest and in Hungary on New Year's Eve? It's another reason to have a party. In Budapest, people go to restaurants, or most of them just stay in the streets and enjoy the life. It's cold out in Hungary. And no yes. matter. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. It's freezing. And the, and the streets are filled with people. Filled with people. They, everybody buys these cheap horns that they just blow all night long until they just go completely useless. And, you know, a lot of alcohol, a lot of friendships are made. Merrymaking. 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 And small towns, what would it be like in a village in the countryside of Hungary? Everybody is happy and young people organize parties, so-called house parties or home parties. They come together, sing, talk, and sometimes they play uh, together. And at midnight, it's very important to say cheers, Egeshigedre, with the champagne. Egeshigedre. 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 Tell me again, teach me. Egeshigedre. Egeshigedre. Very good. I'll remember that. To your health. That's literally Zumbo, like in German. So at midnight, you have your glass and you you toast. You toast, yeah. And what is important, we all sing our national anthem. You do yeah. at midnight. We do. Yeah, we, we don't. Do. We don't sing it very often. Hungarians yeah. are very careful with the national anthem issue. It doesn't get sung every ball game or just you know all kinds of rendition of it. 
you really sing it only a few times, very solemn. And uh, wow, uh, and that's after midnight. So you have the uh, the drink, the the toast, yeah. the kissing, or whatever, and then you sing a little of your national anthem. And most of the people watch the television that time, even yeah. for that a few minutes. And through the television, you listen the national anthem, and we sing together. It's such a nice uh, moment. The and whole country together yeah, singing the, the national country, anthem. The whole country, yeah, and, led and, by the night. television. And as Levanta mentioned, we do not sing uh, the national anthem just every day because it's a sad song, and you should have a reason to sing. And whenever I hear, even today, I just stand up and wait till the end of uh, wow. the national anthem. It's a highly revered song. Would you mind singing just a, a couple lines of it would that be, to share with uh, our American of audience? Of course. Why don't you start? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hokust ellenségel, Bolsosak itt régen kép, Vég esztendőt, Megbűnhődte már a nép A múltat sjövendőt. Etaka got choked up in the middle. Yeah, I can feel you know that. that. I can feel that. That's beautiful. That's uh, weaving the, the cultural pride into the celebration yeah, of the new year. Very much and so. And I, I think we could almost guess what the lyrics were talking about. It's just great to be Hungarian. Yeah, and life right. is good. Yeah. And let's do good next year. And, you know, wherever I travel, I'm, I'm really proud to be Hungarian. Thank you. Tell me Happy New Year's, if you, if you would like to, in Hungarian. Boldog Ujjévet, but we do not wish only Happy New Year. We say... Egészségekben gazdag, boldog új évet. We, we say that Happy New Year with health. With health. Yes. And then in my good Hungarian, I can say thank you. Kosonom. Szívesen. <laughs> and we're joined by Melika Saval from Turkey. And Meli, does Turkey uh, celebrate... New Year's with all the festivities that you find in the United States and the rest of Europe? Especially in the last 20 years, we've been very regularly celebrating the New Year. I think it's more of the Western influence. Generally, people stay with the family until 12 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock, the municipalities organize fireworks, big concerts in the center of the city, so everybody goes there and watch and meet each other. They generally don't get drunk, but there's always some precaution taken. You get free ride by the police on New Year's Eve, which is really great. And generally on the TV, we have lots of belly dancing, fun stuff. So is there an actual countdown at midnight? Oh, yes. In America, we have the big thing in Times Square in New York and so on. Do you have the some? apple. What do you have in, in Istanbul? No, nothing like the big apple, but big screams. So at midnight, everybody goes at out midnight, and screams. At midnight, everybody screams. And is there a, a traditional meal that the family enjoys on New Year's? I think we eat just everything. And Lots of nuts. And everybody's out, and then after midnight, the party starts to The party loose. starts after midnight. Until midnight, we're always with our elders. Ah, respecting the elders. Respecting the elders. It's very important. At midnight, the elders go to sleep. Yeah, right after 12. They've had one more year. I don't know if they're happy or not. They go to sleep, and then the rest will go out. In uh, a Muslim country, alcohol is not a, really a part no, of the, not the scene. in Turkey. It's not so you don't have a, it's, there's not a big alcohol factor. No, they do drink, but it's not a big problem. Not a big part of it. And if somebody does uh, drink, The police volunteer. actually volunteer. They give you a door-to-door -door service in their police car with the lights turned off. Is there a tradition where you have a New Year's resolution and promises to exercise next year or, or uh, eat oh, less? Oh, I guess uh, we sugar? do that every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and then is there something in the in the countryside? Do people watch on TV? Is there a big center on TV? Would there be movie we, stars? Or? Since in Turkey, most everyone has satellite dishes. Anybody who comes and travels in Turkey, you'll be surprised on the roofs. We have solar panels and we have satellites, even if... The house looked like might be falling apart in the farthest remote part of the countryside. So we watch what's happening in Australia. We watch what's happening in other parts of Europe. 
So we become quite international that evening. So you connect with the world as the world celebrates the new year? Yes. Melly, do you have a New Year's wish for Turkey for the next year? Yes, I wish peace and happiness and good health. And I want to say it in Turkish, çok mutlu seneler hepinize. And literally, what was that? Very happy years to you. Çok mutlu seneler hepinize. And how do I say Happy New Year to you too? Sana da mutlu yıllar. Sana du mut Almost. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, Happy New Nelly. Year. Melly Saval's website is mellytour.com. That's M-E-L-I. Dutch native Elizabeth Van Hest has joined us, and she's here to tell us how the Dutch treat the New Year. Elizabeth, as the year ends and a new year starts, what happens in the Netherlands? Contrary to Christmas, it's more a celebration with friends. It can be with your relatives, and you usually have a party at home. You eat very special uh, olibole. Olibole, what is olibole. that? Oh, how can I explain you? Do you know when I say beignet? Olibole is something you make a mixture and you put it in the oil. Oh, it's like a donut, a sweet, yes, a sweet yes, donut. And exactly. It, uh, okay, right. It can have different shapes, but the real olibole is a round ball. And you can put raisins in it. When it is cooked, when it is hot, you dip it in sugar. Right. But powdered sugar. Powdered sugar, sugar right. Yes. Or you eat apple flopper. That is a bit the same, but there is apple inside. Of course, you wait until it is 12 o'clock. Well, then is the big, big, big kissing. Is that right? Tell me, take me right up to New Year's. What happens? Yes, you usually wait until the clock strikes 12. Well, now I suppose everybody is doing this with television. No? Mm-hmm. And it is 12 o'clock. And up, you have to kiss each other and uh, wish you Happy New Year. It's not my best thing because I start to cry because there is so much emotion. And then everybody runs out of the house and they start to put firework. Okay. Well, all the neighbors come outside. You can have an accident, of course, so it's always a little bit scary because it's real firework and the children play with it. But that's the way we celebrate it. And do people make New Year's resolutions in the Netherlands? Do they make promises for the New Year, how they'll make their life better or anything like this? Oh, I think all smokers, they decide not to smoke anymore of course. <laughs> next year. <laughs> all those who have uh, a few pounds uh, um, over, they decide to go on a diet. But maybe this goes up until the 1st of January at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I think that's pretty international. And uh, yes. what's the big drink for New Year's Eve in the Netherlands? Well, I suppose it used to be beer because that is our drink in the Netherlands. Yeah. I think now... Everybody will drink champagne at 12 o'clock. Champagne. You see, it's more lively. It's more funny. It's Well, the original Christmas celebration was more, I would say, more religious. More thoughtful and religious. Well, the Dutch are very good at having a good party. I know that. Oh. And please, how do you say Happy New Year in Dutch? Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Gelukkig means happy. And nieuwjaar is new year. Dank u wel. Gelukkig nieuwjaar. Graag gedaan. Don your red underwear and pick your favorite global traditions for the new year as we explore the holiday in Sweden, Spain, Portugal, Croatia, Belgium, Wales, and Scotland. And get the story behind Auld Lang Syne, coming up on Travel with Rick Steves. We're glad you could join us for our New Year's party on Travel with Rick Steves with friends from around Europe sharing their own country's holiday traditions. I'm joined by Marita Bergman, who comes to us from Stockholm in Sweden. Marita, Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. How do you traditionally and typically celebrate the New Year in Stockholm and in Sweden? New Year, uh, that's an occasion for making party. Yeah. If uh, Christmas is uh, celebrated in the family, uh, New Year's is uh, celebrated with friends. With friends. Yeah. We all, of course, organize a good meal. It uh, very, very often contains of seafood, crab, fish, uh, or something like that. Akavit? A lot of wine and champagne. Wine and champagne, yeah. more than the traditional aquavit Yeah, and vodka. M- uh, not so much aquavit on New Year. It's wine and champagne, okay. bubble wine. How do you tell what's the New Year, what's coming? Is there a way to predict the future? Of course, if we look in the television and also talk with our friends, we are talking about the past year and uh, making up also new goals for the New Year. And 12 o'clock when you uh, are going out seeing the firework, which is taking place all over, you shall predict your own new year by telling and promising wishes for the new year. 
And on the very first day of the year, Americans gather around with their families and watch parades on TV and watch the uh, football games. What do the Swedes do? Take a long morning before they take their strong coffee after a, a night celebration. You know, the Swedes drink very strong coffee. They need that, especially that day. They don't get together and don't eat a special thing on New Year's Day. Uh, but we have uh, other rituals, uh, watching TV. There is always competitions in skiing going downhill. And then uh, is also the concert from Vienna, the New Year's concert from Vienna. Well, that's interesting. So all over Europe then, or in much of Europe, they would be celebrating it in a similar way, enjoying a traditional concert from Vienna yeah. and ski racing in the Alps with many nations participating. Yeah. Uh, so we do that also in Scandinavia. With a good strong cup of coffee. Yeah. Feeling a little groggy after your last night's party. Uh, we need the coffee, yes. We need the coffee. Good New Year. Yeah. Tack så mycket. Gott nytt år. Gott nytt år. Gott nytt år, yes. Marita Bergman from <laughs> Stockholm. Happy New Year. <laughs> Okay, let's think about New Year's in Spain. I'm joined by a friend and fellow tour guide, Federico Garcia Barroso. New Year's Eve, midnight is approaching. What's going to go on? A big party. A big party for everybody. Let's go all together to Puerta del Sol, which is uh, Spain times a square, and we'll have a big celebration. Local people, we have a very, very nice tradition, which is to eat 12 grapes at the same time that we are listening to those 12 chimes. Try to synchronize that, which is a little bit difficult sometimes, all right? Um, well, you finally succeed. You supposedly will have a, a very happy new year, health, money, and love, of course. All health, year. money, and love. So yeah. you're you're popping those grapes into your mm-hmm. mouth 12 times in mm-hmm. sync with the ringing of the clock mm-hmm. on the main square in Spain with mm-hmm. thousands of people watching. Mm-hmm. All of the country tuned in on television? All the country, the whole country watching the television and just enjoying that specific moment of the 12 chimes, the 12 grapes. And it's coming actually also from a, another... <laughs> I would say another historical reason, uh, at the very end, the very end of the 1800s, there was an extra production of grapes all over Spain, and those wine producers, they had to do something with those grapes, and they created that new tradition to eat grapes, you know, in New Year's Eve. And it stuck. And Mm -hmm. that's one way to get good luck, I guess, for the New Year. Are there any other ways to get good luck for the New Year? Well, red underwear. Red underwear? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) You have some red underwear? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do they work? That's in case. Yes, it works, yeah. <laughs> and what's the craziest thing you've ever been involved in at midnight on New Year's Eve? I'm a good boy, you know. <laughs> I really, I'm really a good boy, you know. I wouldn't so just, be able to tell Just noise-making and maybe kissing your partner, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like all over the world. Federico Garcia Barroso, wish America a happy New Year in Spanish, would you please? Queridos amigos americanos y americanas, feliz año nuevo a todos. Feliz año nuevo. For everybody, a todos. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gracias. <laughs> Nada. Where are the grapes? Let's pop 12 of those grapes, quick. And let's celebrate New Year's in Portugal. I'm joined by Cristina Duarte. Cristina, thank you for being with us. Thank you, too. Happy New Year. How do you say Happy New Year in Portuguese? Uh, Un bom ano. And if you were in Lisbon on midnight on New Year's Eve, what would happen? Uh, Fireworks, of course. Huge fireworks. You want to go to the major places at the major squares and uh, either Commerce Square or in Belém area nearby the Belém Tower, they do huge fireworks because there is no bar open, no nothing about. So everybody steps and bring their own champagne bottle. And after a while, we are just sharing. So thousands of people gathering <laughs> yeah, exactly, in the main square exactly. with their own champagne With bottle. their own champagne we and say with their own raisins because you don't want to, to lose them. What's I a mean, raisin? Uh, a raisin is uh, something that you eat with the 12, the 12 um, kinds of uh, the bell. So you have so, a dried grape, and yes. you're going to eat this 12 times? Yeah, exactly, 12 times with 12 wishes. So sometimes it's kind of, of a, so, it's so difficult. So to, at midnight, you've got thousands of people on the main square yeah. with their bottle of champagne, champagne. and one 12 raisins. At the striking of the clock, 12 dong, yes, dong, dong, dong. Yes, as they were, one, two, and make a wish, make a wish. So after the fifth, you don't know no longer what to wish for the year. <laughs> You've been enjoying your champagne. <laughs> yes. Now you got to remember your 12 wishes. You eat those raisins to celebrate the new year yes. in yes. Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's very, very fun. And afterward, most of these places, they have also concert music. So go on on until four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. So it is a, a great opportunity for the outsiders. If they don't have an opportunity to go into a private party, they have this public areas that are wonderful. Okay, so on New Year's Eve, grab your champagne, grab your raisins, head off to the main square, bundle up, it's probably cold. Uh, yes. <laughs> Do us a favor, wish our listeners in the United States a uh, Happy New Year from Portugal. Um bom e um próspero bom ano. And what did that mean? It is a good and healthy year. A good and healthy, healthy year. New Year. New Say that year. again slowly so I can hear your beautiful language. Um bom e próspero ano novo. A good and a prosperous, prosperous new, year. new Year. Obrigado. De nada. Well, all over the world, people are revving it up in anticipation of the New Year. They do that in Croatia, too. I'm joined by Marjan Kriskovic from Croatia. Marjan, what's going to happen in Zagreb, the capital of Croatia? Well, people are getting ready. They're just uh, relaxing after the heavy meals the Christmas holidays brought with them. And uh, they're going to replace the uh, more spiritual experience of Christmas and get ready for the big New Year's party with the fireworks. People gathering together. Is there a main square in Zagreb? Of in course. Trgbana Jelačića, the square of uh, Vajsero Jelačić, and that's where the main party goes on. And then what happens? People bring out uh, champagne, there are big fireworks over the square in the city, music, there is food, and of course at midnight everything goes crazy. Okay, that's the big party. Does everybody just collapse the next day, or are there family festivities on New Year's Day, or in America we all watch football or watch a parade on TV? What happens? On uh, New Year's Day, one of the memories that I always have connected with it is waking up the following morning, obviously a bit later, and you're waking up by the tunes of the uh, concert from Vienna. That's just something that I really always connect with it, and most people just tune into uh, the first program of Croatian television that has a live transmission from Vienna, a close connection to the Central European culture, and um, so you celebrate European culture on channel number one, Croatian <laughs> right. national yes. TV, <laughs> listening to the Vienna Philharmonic. Yes. yes, and it's the perfect thing to do to relax, to uh, bring you back from the day <laughs> the to life after a long, long night of partying. There is a sort of a, a funny reason you have gifts that are given on New Year's Day, actually, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Croatia. Mm-hmm. How do you manage to get gifts on New Year's Day when uh, most people just get them on Christmas? <laughs> Well, uh, in the past, in the uh, times of communist Yugoslavia, they tried to put the two holidays blend together in people's heads so they would replace Christmas with uh, New Year's. Oh, because the communists didn't want Christian holiday. Exactly. Okay, so you've got to keep the holiday. That's right. They weren't put it in something more atheistic. Exactly. New Year's Day, is there some sort of a gift giver? What happened to Santa Claus? Yeah, uh, Santa Claus gets replaced as well. He's called uh, Died Mraz, which translates to Father Frost. Father Frost yes. comes on New Year's Day or New Year's Night? He comes on New Year's Night. Just, and do the children just, actually, um, look forward to this? Oh, yes, of course. Which child doesn't look forward to presents? I know that in Croatia you celebrate St. Nicholas Day, December mm-hmm. 6th, mm-hmm. and you've got then Santa Claus coming on Christmas Eve. That's right. And you lucky Croatian kids get Father Frost yep. on New Year's <laughs> Day. And when you get together with all the family, all together, multi-generation, are there any traditional foods? I, I know you've got uh, sarma. Uh, yes, uh, especially after a lot of the heavy foods from the Christmas season you want uh, something to clear up your stomach. And uh, one of the good foods is sarma, which is basically these cabbage rolls filled with uh, mincemeat, cabbage soup, so something sour to bring out all that heavy food and alcohol. And so you're just... getting off on a better footing here. Exactly. You're, re- you're surviving the holidays. <laughs> you're starting your new... Are you starting the year with resolutions to be sure that you are healthier or, or more thoughtful? Or... Of course. So... And they work usually just as little as they do anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking with Marjan Kriskovic. We're talking about New Year's celebrations in Croatia. Of course, if you're lucky enough to live in the capital city of Zagreb, you'll be there on the main square. Is it broadcast on television throughout yes, the country? Yes, yes, of course. Do they tune in to London or New York or Paris, or is it really just Croatian? First, it's just Croatian, and then uh, just immediately after midnight, they would show what was going on in the other European capital as well. Marjan Kriskovic, I imagine when you get together with your friends, you raise a toast for the new year in your beautiful language, Croatian. Can you share that with our listeners across the United States? Give us a toast and a, and a New Year's greeting from your country, Croatia. Of course. Sretna Nova Godina. Puno sreće i zdravlja u novoj godini. And in English, what would that be? Uh, happy New Year, all the luck and good health in the upcoming year. And then I can say, Vala, 
Yes, Vana. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Marianne. And Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. We'll finish up in Scotland in just a moment. But first, with his roots firmly planted in his native Wales, Martin Vlandovitz joins us for a peek at the uniquely Welsh way to celebrate the holidays. Should old acquaintance be forgot And never brought to mind Should old acquaintance be forgot For old lang syne Let's talk New Year's Eve. Do the Welsh just uh, have the same traditions as the English, or how would you celebrate New Year's Eve in Wales? New Year's Eve in Wales nowadays is uh, much done the same as it is elsewhere. We tend to have the fireworks. Fireworks at midnight. Uh, London's got uh, the uh, Trafalgar Square activities. What is considered the cultural Trafalgar Square or Times Square of Wales? Is there something like that? You get it in Cardiff. Down on Cardiff Bay, you get fireworks. People tune into the television and watch the New Year hit Cardiff? Yes, they do have it in Cardiff. Now, what's the drink of choice? Are people drinking wine or hard liquor or beer or what? Beer is the most popular drink, and and, and sadly, I think so. Beer was was wassailing, uh, which in Wales, the blessing of orchards for fruit coming. And that was done in beer. The other one that customly got at New Year's in Wales was Kalenig or Klenig, uh, depending if you came Klenig in, in North Wales influential and Kalenig down in the South Wales, where groups of children would come to your house and, and you were supposed to give them money. They'd give. What would they do in return? Would they sing? Would they? They would. Uh, Poems, there would be some singing, uh, one of the old... Uh, Young clen- people come door to door reading, right. uh, reciting poetry, yes, so yes. Welsh. And then you, you give them a present? Yes. One of them is, Mi goddais heddiw mas om ti, and this is from South Wales. I'm cwrd am pastwm gyda mi a dyma neges ar eich traws, sef llanwn cwrd ab ar And what this is, is um, I got up early this morning, I got my stick and I got my bag and I came out, and here's my message to you, fill my bag with bread and cheese. Fill <laughs> my bag with bread and cheese. Would bread and cheese satisfy the kids these days? Well, no, I don't think so. Now, in the United States, we uh, dedicate the uh, first day of the year to overcoming the partying from the last night and watching a great football game. What's what's the activity on the first day of the year in Wales? You get New Year's rugby, because rugby ah. is the game, particularly in South Wales, but again, traditions, and played at Christmas. Uh, there was a game... New called, Year's rugby, is it sort of yeah. a, the big cup game then? Yeah. You, you get, on New Year's. It's, it's not the big cup games, but it's all over Christmas, on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And on New Year's Day, you get these rugby games. And in days gone by, and we're talking, oh, certainly recorded in the 17th century, there was a game called Knappan, which approximated to rugby, but was played between whole villages. And there were was wow. horrible, bloody things, where all you had to do was get this thing from one village to the other one to win. And, oh dear, broken bones, head, throat. I love the way that every culture celebrates the holidays a different way, and every culture has its own way to wish someone a happy Christmas and a beautiful New Year. Wish me in Welsh a happy holiday. And specifically, what was that? That was Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. The famous Robert Burns lyric for Old Lang Syne takes us to our last stop today as we anticipate the end of the year. Tour guides Anne Doig and Ken Hanley join us from Edinburgh. Thanks for being with us. You're very welcome. Thank Pleasure. you for having us, Rick. Are you looking forward to New Year's in Edinburgh? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. How do you celebrate New Year's Eve in Edinburgh? Uh, very traditionally. I know we have what's said to be the biggest street party in the world, but you know, if we're going for tradition, which I still do and Anne still does, then you make sure the house is clean. <laughs> so the house, in other words, has got to be clean. And you make sure that you've got enough drink for your friends and things like that. People go first footing. And to go first footing properly, you have to have a piece of black coal, a wee piece of cake, and a wee bottle of whiskey. What's first footing? It goes, you go to friends, you just tap a door. You go visiting, and they're not going to turn you away. Absolutely not. And I think if your first footer, traditionally in Scotland, is tall, dark, and handsome, that means that you're going to have a year of good luck. It's quite interesting. It has to be dark. And I wonder if anyone knows why it has to be a dark person, dark here. It dates back to the attacks by the Vikings, the blonde, tall Vikings. If you're blonde, you might be a threat. So it had to be a dark person. And you open at the strike of midnight, you open your front door and rush through and open the back door. So you're welcoming in the new year and letting the old year out. 
So there's all these traditions that we adhere to. <laughs> wow. Now, is there something that is like a countdown in, in Edinburgh? It's fireworks, really. Yeah. There's a big street party, you see, so they'll be counting down on the stage. There are entertainers and oh, bands yeah. playing. And then yeah. all of a sudden, there's an explosion of fireworks over Edinburgh Castle. But the then backdrop. you get down with your neighbours and you open your front door. Absolutely. And you open the back door. Yes. Yeah. Total strangers can turn up at your door. And, and everyone's and, welcome. And everyone's welcome. And they come in and you offer a drink, you offer a piece of cake, you have a wee blether, you know, and then That's you move along. And a wee blether is a <laughs> wee little blether is a little top. <laughs> have a wee blether. And it then sort of gets known in the community who's got open house. That's what happens. Okay. And if you've got open house, then everyone piles in to visit you. If you're in Scotland on New Year's Eve, it's just like one big open house. People are on the streets, they've got their coal and their drink and their cake, and they're going to yep. knock on a stranger's door and celebrate the New Year. Absolutely. We all sing uh, Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Yeah, yeah. yeah we that, do. That's oh. Scottish, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, Robert Burns. That's yeah. Robert Burns. What, yes. what does that mean, Old Lang Syne? For the sake of Old Lang Syne. A lot of different interpretations. I would say for old friends, remembering, remembering. friends for, for friendship's sake. And you know the song. Sing the song for me. It's an uh, old sentimental yeah. uh, song, all you know. Acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot for the sake of old Lang Syne? Now, here's the hand, my trusty friend, and here's the hand, oh mine. And it goes on. And, and you're all scene, holding hands. It's this inbuilt thing in the Scots that, uh, you know, it's been great to see you. We don't want to see you go, but because you're going away, for the sake of old Lang Syne, keep that memory, keep everything, that sake heartfelt thing. So that's the, that's the punchline of the lyric is, for the sake, sake of, of old Lang Syne. Old Syne the old good sake old of friends. Times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for the sake of old Lang Syne, Happy New Year. <laughs> happy, happy New Year. year to All you. the best to you. Happy New Year. Like my... From executive producer Tim Tatton and assistant producer Sarah McCormick and all of us at Europe through the back door in Edmonds, Washington. All the best to you and yours for the new year. Where are the grapes? Let's pop 12 of those grapes quick. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm wearing my red underwear. <laughs> <laughs>